Hello everyone, good day and welcome to another edition of Sports Hub with Eberi. My name is Eberi Oji, your host on this program, being aired on Radio Radio, your favorite inspirational online radio. Here on this show, we give you live updates on sporting events, games and activities all over the world. You're welcome once again. As we all know, our central focus has been on football, football, football. With the league games for 2019 to 2020 done and dusted, August started with a bang. European games have kicked off in full gear. You're welcome. It's gonna be an interesting section. It's gonna be an interesting, interesting one today. So let's 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 move on. Now the UEFA Europa League and the Champions League kicked off last week. You know the um the round of 16 games. The round of 16 games because of the pandemic, most clubs actually played. The first leg before the pandemic and you know all sporting activities had to come to a halt then resuming now of course they would have to play the second phase but from the quarterfinals down to the finals it's going to be a one-one game it's going to be a one-one um how do i put it it's going to be just one game competition just one game fixture it's not going to normally before in the past it used to be two legs it's just one leg from the quarterfinal so for clubs that had still had um still had round of 16 games to play they had the second phase of the round of 16 games to play they trashed it out last week from the seventh down to the last um to the ninth or thereabout now the europa league was played last week from wednesday thursday yeah wednesday thursday friday we had the likes of man united man united played against last lax is an austrian side the first leg, Man U won that game at um, Austria, five goals to nil. They completed what they started in Austria. They won their last game, the last game that qualified Man United to the quarterfinals. They won the game against Lux by 2-1, making bringing it to an aggregate of 7-1. So, Man United against Lux, Man United won 7-1. Sevilla against Roma, Sevilla won that game 2-0. By Leverkusen against Rangers, the first leg by Leverkusen um, won the game by three goals to um, three goals to one. They completed it in this um, the uh, the round of sixteen game. They won against Rangers a goal to nil. So they qualified by four goals to um, four goals to one. Yeah. So for clubs that qualified for the quarterfinals are Man United, Sevilla, Bayer Leverkusen, Basel. Wolves, Wolves won against Olympiacos, two goals to nil. Basel won against Frankfurt, entrant Frankfurt, a goal to nil. Shakhtar Donetsk, it's Shakhtar Donetsk is a Ukrainian side. They won against Wolfsburg by three goals to nil. Inter Milan, the Nerazzurri is won against Getafe. Getafe is a Spanish La Liga side. They won against Getafe by two goals to nil. And Copenhagen, FC Copenhagen, is a Danish league. It's a Danish club that plays in in Denmark. They won against Istanbul, Turkish Istanbul, three goals to nil. So clubs that qualify for the quarterfinals that qualify for the quarterfinals are Man United. That is, this is the European Europa League quarterfinals. I'm not talking about the UCLs. The UCLs. I'm going to talk about that later. So Man United qualified for the quarterfinals. Man United, FC Copenhagen, Wolves, Wolves, um, yes, Wolves. Sevilla, Inter Milan, Basel, Shaska Donetsk, and Bayer Leverkusen. So these eight clubs headed to a neutral ground because UEFA made an, announce, an announcement that from the quarterfinals for both competitions, the Europa League competitions and the Champions League competitions, will be played in a neutral in a neutral ground. Like 
for the Europa, Europa will be played, will be staged in Germany. Why? The Champions League will be played in Portugal, Lisbon, Portugal. Because you know how to crop this, the spread of the COVID-19, you know, COVID-19 pandemic and uh, virus and all. So they, 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 they selected two neutral, you know, um, countries, countries that had lower rates of COVID-19. They played the countries that to an extent, the, the pandemic, the outspread of the pandemic has reduced in those countries in Germany. We have in Germany and also in Portugal. So Euro, uh, Europa League games will be played. The quarterfinals, the semifinals, and the finals, finally, that will be played on the 21st of August, will be played in Germany in four, four different stadiums. The same thing applies to the UCLs. The UCL quarterfinals will be played in Portugal, Lisbon, Portugal. So it's that is just how it was being. And it just won one. There's nothing like um you're playing the quarterfinals, you're going to play the first leg, and you play the return leg. There's nothing like return leg. It's just, it's just one match one fixture, one result, and one elimination. Is it that you are being eliminated or you're, you progress to the next stage? Nothing like, ah, I got 1-0 in this first leg. Second leg, I know definitely I would scale through. No. So, for all those, all the clubs that qualified um, for the quarterfinals in the Europa, congratulations. We had Man United, Copigan, FC, Wolverhampton, Sevilla, Inter Milan, Basel, Shaska Donetsk, and Bayer Leverkusen. They all made it to the quarterfinals. Now, Man United played against was played against Copigan just yesterday, a few days yesterday. Inter Milan played against Bayer Leverkusen. They were the ones supposed to play on Monday. Then on on when on Tuesday, Sevilla will be taking on Wolves. While Shaska Donetsk will be taking on Basel. Anyone that any of them that wins from these four fixtures would automatically um qualify for the semi-finals. Qualify for the semi-finals. So. Man United, uh, for 90 good minutes, Copegan held Man United spellbound. Like, that game was stressful for United. The game was stressful for 90 good minutes. I'm not saying, even as much as I know, Man United, they, they had the opportunity, they squandered some. But for the ones they had, the chances they created, so far they had like 22 shots in that game. Eight shots were, on tag, uh, were off target, rather. Eight shots were off target out of the 22 shots. Eight shots were off target. Then they had 14 shots on target. Now, normally, imagine when you're having 14 shots on target, you should at least score like two, three, or four, or five goals out of those goals. But you know, it was just one shot on target that was converted to a goal. That was the penalty in the extra time that was because they played 0 0 in the first 90 minutes. The first 15 minutes of the extra time, that was when. Um, my United we are, you know, lucky to have gotten a, a gotten a penalty. One of the Copagans um defenders fouled Marshall and you know Bruno Fernandes converted and scored. Now for the remaining thirteen shots on target. The goal the goalkeeper of Copagan, that guy, I had to look, look look as in I had to go back to read about the guy. He's thirty years old. He's from Sweden. He's 30 years old. He's from Sweden. And he made 13 saves, like one-on-one. -on -one. These are goals that normally you'd be able to, you would score definitely, most definitely. These were goals that, those chipping kind of goals, you know, those goals that once you, even when they, they, oh my God, as in the guy saved, he he was, he, he his reflexes were wow. 
He was phenomenal yesterday. He saved goals. He saved shorting, shorting, shorting shots on target. Like one on one, there are some goals that you know, even even get a whole lot of even world class play, um, keepers. There's out of those thirty, definitely two or three would enter, no matter how fast, but how how good you are. But this guy saved thirteen shots on target yesterday. He saved them. Like he, his name is um Carl Johan Johnson. He was instrumental in keeping all those goals out. Like he frustrated United's efforts yesterday. He frustrated their effort yesterday. And the 13 possible goals that should have entered that he saved is the most saved in a single European League competition since 2009. Like he made 13 saves. One on one save. Even there are some goals that we, at some point yesterday, there are some goals that we thought that would enter. He would, the way he, he, he probably he might slide to, your, to his left. But uses his leg to kick out the ball at his on his right hand, right hand side. Like he was everywhere. His reflexes were top notch. And I kept saying, like, ah, ah, which a, a club like Chelsea or a club like that has been having issues with their goalkeeping department will just snap this guy up. Yes, he's thirty, but he offers more. Like he's good. And you know, one thing about the goalkeeping department is that as you age, you get more experience. You get better as you go. The likes of Chelsea could have him as a second choice goalkeeper. Why Caballero? Caballero just signed just one one year contract. He signed one year contract, so he could just be a third goalkeeper. This guy is good, really, and he's. I don't think he'll be. He, his his money will not be much, honestly. His money will not be much. So that guy kept United quiet all through the night, except for of course, not everybody, not everyone saves a penalty. So it was just that penalty that was the only shot on target that United was able to convert and. That was the only goal in the game. Copenhagen, they were the players. They were not. They were not decisive. They were not clinical in front of goal. They had opportunities to have scored in the first ninety minutes, but they didn't score. They did not score, and it cost them the game. Though they tried to have kept United at bay, to have ensured. Though it was all thanks to the goalkeeper anyway. It was all thanks to the goalkeeper that made that game to, you know, to extend down to thirty. The last um, thirty minutes extra time. Kudos, kudos, kudos to that goalie. Kudos to United to have qualified for. Um, the semi-finals. The sem they'll be facing either Sevilla or Wolves. Sevilla or Wolves will be playing. They get to play, so they'll be playing against each other. Anyone that wins, they'll be facing United in the semi-finals. The semi-finals will be played on the 16th and on the 17th of. That's on a Sunday and on a Monday, Sunday Monday of next week. So now Inter Milan versus Bayer Leverkusen. That game. That game was in fact in the first 25 minutes they had already scored three goals. Inter Milan scored two goals. Nico Barella scored the first opening goal, followed by Lukaku. Then, by Leverkusen's Kai Havertz pulled one back. The game ended two, but there was there's you know solid points we were able to we were able to get from that game. Lukaku has been he has been great for his new club side. You know one thing about players. I remember when this guy came into Chelsea. He was not you know he was still young anyway. Yeah. But he was not given that opportunity. He was not given that enabling ground to thrive. He was loaned to Everton. And afterwards, his loan deal became permanent, you know. And he was good, you know, for Everton. He was playing under Roberto Martinez. Martinez now is the Belgium, um, you know, manager. He played for Martinez. He was great and all that. Man United snapped him up. He wasn't too great for Man United, you know. They are set as in, he played with fear. There were certain games, you know, there are certain games you watch a Lukaku play under Man U when he was a Man U player. 
he looked heavy. He looked fat. Like he was, I'm not body shaming him or anything. No, 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 far from it. Like he looked as though the game, he was not into it. You know, he, there was no, there was not, he was not the aggressive kind of the, um, striker a United team or a, a, a team, a, a top-notch team would want to have in front. He was, he was easily bullied. Yeah, let me use that word. He was easily bullied by defenders. He might be running with the ball and little thing now, they'll push him out of, um, push him out from the ball or thereabouts. Or, you know, he was not great for United. And look at what is happening in Inter Milan. Now, this is his first season. And so far, he has scored 31 goals in his first season. In, in um, Inter Milan. He scored 23 league goals. And so far now he has scored more goals. He has notched in over 8 more goals in other competitions. He, ha he has 31 goals. And he became the first player in history to have scored nine, uh, to have scored goals in 9 consecutive Europa League games. Like he has scored goals. For every game, for the, nine, the last 9 games he has played in, in the Europa League, he has scored goals. So that's a good start. That's a good one. He, 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 I feel he is striving more in Inter Milan. Like the manager, all thanks to the manager. I believe the manager is bringing out the best in him now. His teammates and the, the, the atmosphere there is, is, is good for him to, you know, it's a good one for him to become a better, a better striker as the season goes by. He he's, in fact, you need to see Lukaku running now. With a ball, with ball, like the goal he scored yesterday. Normally, uh, there are some strikers that that ball will not enter. But even when he was pushed to the ground, he still managed to kick in the ball into the net. He was on the floor, but he kicked in the ball into the net. That is a striker that that is passionate. Let me use that word. He is passionate about what he does. He knows he's a deadly striker. He knows that he he he's a terror to defenders, and he lives up to that name. He was he was he was great. Yes, he should have scored like two uh, an extra yesterday to make it may brace. But well, it was not to be. But all the same, they still qualified for the semi-finals. Conte qualified to the semi and for Chelsea fans all over the world, they were really happy because they've all been about Kai Havertz. Kai Havertz is a German, is a twenty-year-old attacking midfielder that plays for the um the German club Bayer Leverkusen and. The club they've been playing hardball you know they've been saying they need 90 million from him and he's not going anywhere until their europa league until they get to any stage of the europa league um, games and all that this guy has already signed he has already agreed five years he agreed personal terms with chelsea but the club they are proving they were proving really really you know adamant because of the europa league but now they are out of the europa league so every chelsea fan out there they were really supporting inter milan to win that game yesterday so that Everyone will sit on the negotiation table and negotiate this day once and for all, so that the guy would come over to Chelsea. Um, to Chelsea. Now it's happening. It's you know they are out. So Marina, Marina um, Granoskovia, the the um, the chief negotiator for Chelsea, the GM, the general manager of everything that has to do with Chelsea Football Club affairs, would you know would sit with the management or the sporting director for. By Leverkusen, and they will discuss at length on what what's the way forward. Because I believe between now and the ending of the week, they should have gotten you know this deal over the line. You know, trashed out the trashables and everything for 
Kai Havertz to become a Chelsea player, gets his medicals done, and personal terms has already been agreed. And also, they've everybody feels Conte actually helped Chelsea to quicken up, fasten up the deal, to fasten fasten up the deal. So congratulations Inter Milan, congratulations Man United. They they will be facing the winners in uh, Man United will face the winner in Sevilla versus Wolves. Anyone that wins in this game, I feel Sevilla should have an edge over Wolves. Wolves, ah, uh, Wolves, Wolves, Wolves. Sevilla in the last eighteen games, they've they've not lost any game, any of their games in, in their last eighteen out uh, outings, both in the league and in this com this competition, they've not lost any game. They are motivated, and uh, you know they've they are the, the, the one of the most successful clubs to have lifted up the Europa League trophy. They've lifted this cup five times. I remember them lifting the cup three times, back to back to back, under Unai Emery. So it's, they know what it entails to play in the Europa League. And they will try as much as possible to get to the finals of this competition. So if it is Sevilla that would face Man United, Man United won't have it, you know, easy to come because Sevilla has experienced players. We have the likes of um, Ocampos. We have the likes of Sergio Reglon that plays as a left-back. We have the likes of Eva Banega. Eva Banega has been there through. From Athletic Bibao, he came to Sevilla. He has been consistent. So he knows what the game, he knows what the league is all about. He knows what this competition is all about. He won it under Unai Emery, three times under Unai Emery. So he knows exactly how this game is being played and he is. He has been phenomenal for Sevilla. So it's going to be an interest. And um, Julian, um, Julian Lobetogi, their their manager, he he's great. They qualified for um, Champions League spot. They, they they ended the season with seventy points. They qualified for Champions League spot with that too. They, they they ended the season on fourth position with seventy points in the La Liga Santander. So this will be ending the season for them with a silverware. It's going to be a huge motivation for them. They are all out to ensure that they win this game against Whoops. My prediction before the semi-quarterfinals was Man United versus Copigan. Man United will win that game. Inter Milan versus Bayer Leverkusen. Inter Milan should win that game, which they did. Man United did. Inter Milan did. Now, for Sevilla versus Wolves, I feel Sevilla should be winning that game. They they are more they've Wolves, I'm not saying Wolves is not good. Adama Torre, you know, Real Geminis and um Jota and you know most of Motinho, Dorothy, you know you know those guys that I feel Sevilla would have an edge over them. They are more experienced than Wolves. They are more experienced than Wolves. Sevilla should have an edge over them. Then we have Shaska Donetsk versus Basel. Shaska Donetsk is a Ukrainian side and they've been great too. They won against Wolfsburg. Is not a walkover. Wolfsburg is one of very very stubborn team that plays. In the German Bundesliga, but they won Wolfsburg three goals to nil, and those goals were scored. Those goals, those goals came in after Shaska Donetsk. They were, after Shaska Donetsk was given a, a red card at the 68th minute. Wolfs, Wolfsburg also got a red card towards 70 something. That this is the round of 16 I'm talking about too. Towards 70 something minutes and all. It, they played 0 0 to the 88th minute of that game. Do you know? Shaska Donetsk scored 89 minutes and scored two goals. The last two goals in the 90th minute, just a few seconds after they scored his second goal, they scored the notch in the third goal. So those guys are deadly. I don't think Basel, Basel, I don't think they're up. So I feel Man United, Inter Milan, Sevilla, and Shaska Donetsk will play in the semi finals of the Europa League. 
Man United will be facing either Sevilla or Wolves, anyone that wins in that game. Inter Milan will face either Shaska Donetsk or Basel. Let's just see how it goes. The semi-finals will be played on the 16th and on the 17th. So, the games that we played, once as soon as Sevilla, Wolves, Shaska Donetsk and Basel play, anyone that wins will be facing United or Inter Milan on the 16th and on the 17th of August. 17th, 17th of what now moving on to the UCLs, the round of 16 of the UCLs. It, it in fact, those fixtures came with a whole lot of drama. Like, apart from the um, Bayern, Bayern Munich, Chelsea, we knew everybody knew that Bayern would continue from where they stopped. So, a whole lot of drama happened in the round of 16. UCL round of system. The second, the, those clubs that we are yet to play, the, the Lyon versus Juventus. I mean, Juventus, Juventus versus Lyon. Then um, Man City versus Real Madrid, Barca versus Napoli, and finally Bayern versus Chelsea. Those games were played on the seventh and on the eighth. Juventus took on Lyon at the Turin on the seventh of August in the second leg of the round of system. Here it is. Lyon, before that game, in the first leg, Lyon won by a goal to nil. They had the one-goal advantage heading into that game. And so Juventus needed to score more goals and not concede. Sadly, Juventus considered a penalty. Even though Ronaldo scored two goals for the old ladies, those goals were not enough to keep Juventus in the competition. They were eliminated by a Lyon side. A Lyon side that the last time a Lyon side qualified for quarterfinals... Qualify for a quarter qualify for quarter final was a decade ago that was, was ten years ago. Juventus, what happened? I put the blame on the midfielders. I put the blame on the on the manager. Sari is stubborn. I don't know, I don't know why most Italian managers they are some of them are really they are the very stubborn type. His tactics are work like I know he plays a 4-3-3 formation, Sari small or Sari ball. But understand that football is all about being dynamic. The dynam you should understand the dynamics in football. When you feel this is not working for you, switch, you change. You don't stick to a particular thing. He should have changed the likes of Rabiot in that game. He should have changed the likes of Rabiot in that game. I know he had injury concerns, but then we had Aaron Ramsey. You know, you don't bring around when it's like 70-something minutes and expect him to do magic. No. Why are you removing Pinjanik? Pinjanik was great in that game. Rabiot was, in fact, his passes were whack. His passes were not okay. His passes, they are certain, you know, Ronaldo was everywhere. Ronaldo scored the two goals. He scored the penalty and he scored a very lovely stunner outside the 18-yard box. You know, to ensure that at least you just needed three goals in that game. Since Joseph had already scored one. Sari was so unmoved. He was he kept chewing his tobacco. Like he was so unmoved in that game. He was like as if nothing was at stake. And I keep asking, why do you sell Manzukic? Manzukic is a Croatian striker that used to play. That used to play for Juventus. But immediately Sari came in. The guys was in January. He sold Manzukic and left Hugwen. Hugwen is not fit. 
I told someone that Higuain should be a mayor of some, you know, country or club like that in Argentina. Like he's from, he's an Argentine striker. He's not the kind that gives you goals. He's not, he's not, he's not, he's not the kind of person that defenders will see and become scared. No. Ronaldo needed a Manzukic up front. I, I, there was this, there was this cross Ronaldo made from outside the 18-yard box, as in from towards that corner, the corner section, the right-hand side of the left-hand side, rather, of the pitch in Lyon's own half. This is something a Manziku should have just headed in the ball straight into the net. Lyon, they were not too, too fantastic. It's not that after they had scored that one goal with the penalty, they, they, they were very, very observant to stop all those long balls United um, Juventus they were playing in. They frustrated Juventus and the game ended 2-2 with Lyon, you know, progressing by away goals. Ronaldo was not happy because he expected more. This is someone that so far, last season, he was the one from the, the knockout stage. He, was, he has been the one since last season he joined Juventus. He has been the, the one that has single-handedly led this club in the knockout stages. I remember last season against Atletico Madrid, they, they were losing by two goals to nil. They lost two goals to nil in Atletico's home ground. Ronaldo promised everyone that he would score a hat-trick that would qualify them for the semi-finals. That was in quarter-finals. He lived up to that promise. He scored a hat-trick in that game. A hat-trick that sent them into the semi-finals. Was it semi-finals? No, into the quarter-finals, rather. That sent them into the quarter-finals. It was from round of 16 that sent them to the quarter-finals. Against Ayas, too. He scored when they were playing the last quarter-final. He scored, but... He scored all the goals against Ayas. He scored two goals against Ayas. Even in this game, to the first leg, this particular game, rather, because they didn't score in first leg, this particular one, he still scored. He has scored seven goals. He has scored all the goals they've scored in the, in, in, in the knockout stages since he joined Juventus. And he needs support. You don't expect him to be everywhere. You don't expect him to be everywhere. He, he, he felt let down by his teammates. He felt let down by the, the, the manager. And... Sorry, got sacked the next morning. Like everybody was, I predicted. Said, I, I remember in the last um, podcast I did, I, I said that that game, Leon Juventus will go a long way to determine if Sari will stay or if he will go. That was exactly in the course of talking the last time. You know, I said that, and that was exactly what happened. Juventus lost, and he lost his job the next day. This is those thirty months he he was LM. He was appointed as manager for Juventus after the finals for Chelsea. He was once a Chelsea manager and he took Chelsea to third place. Chelsea ended in third position last season. And he ended with a silverware. His very first silverware in 20 years in club management. His very first silverware as a manager. He won it this in Europa League trophy. He won it in Baku last year. And it was at that ground, Juventus decided to you know talk to Chelsea after Allegri left last season. Allegri was the former Juventus manager. He left last season. Juventus decided to come for Sarri. Everybody was surprised. I was surprised. What 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 is Juventus doing to do with Sarri? Like I know he was good with Napoli and all but he he's he's a very stubborn man. He's a very stubborn man. So uh, would they be able to bend him? Would they be able to cope with him and all? 
they didn't end the season well. In as much as, yes, he, he won the Scudetto, their ninth consecutive Scudetto with them this season. Their stats towards winning that, the, 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 the goal tallies and all, it wasn't enough. They considered, more, they considered goals that were supposed to be avoided and they scored less goals. In the first three, in the first four, the, the first four that ended the season on first, second, third and fourth in the Serie A, Juventus had the least goals. The highest goals so far was Atlanta, followed by Inter Milan, followed by Lazio and lastly Juventus. I, kept, I told someone, someone, I said, if the season had ended with 40 games, Juventus would have missed out on this Scudetto. Because they ended the season on 83 points. Inter Milan ended the season on 82 points. Just one point. Just one point. After they were declared champions, after they were declared champions with two games remaining, they didn't, they didn't get any other points again till the season ended. They lost their last two games against Calagari and Beji Palma or thereabout. That it's not a good one. I know you've gotten the league, but consistency matters. Consistency matters. So he was sacked. He was sacked the next day, the next morning, immediately because they bought Ronaldo from Real Madrid to win the um, the UCL. They, they they've gotten a whole lot of scudettos. Now they need more. They want something in Europe. Conte didn't get anything for them when he was Juventus manager. Allegri did not was not able to get them a UCL trophy. AC Milan still has more European League trophies than Juventus. So Juventus needed because this season is done for them. They needed a Champions League glory this season. That was the major thing. Why the reason why they bought brought in Ronaldo? Because Ronaldo is a serial. He has won five. Champions League trophies, so they needed they needed they needed someone, but at the end of the day, Ronaldo's efforts without the, the, the manager is a combined is a team effort, including the manager. But when the manager is not is not no 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 when the manager is not okay, then you just have to let him go. So they sacked him, they sacked him, and they appointed Andre Piro. Andre Piro is a Juventus legend. He's a forty-one year old. Midfielder, he used to be um, midfielder, and ten day, few days back, he was appointed a manager for the under twenty three. And after this thing happened, ten days after this thing, um, ten days after his appointment as the manager for under twenty three, the under twenty three side, he became, he. They appointed him, as the first team coach, for Juve. Buffon is forty two. <laughs> Buffon is forty two. Andre Piro is 41. Will Buffon want an Andre Piro, his teammate, someone he, he's, 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 like call his senior or thereabout, to manage him as, coach him as a manager? Well, it's not all about the age, and it's all about what does this person have to offer to the club. I believe the appointment of Piro is a step in the right direction because the likes of Chelsea did it for Lampard. Arsenal did it for Atelta. Real Madrid did it for Zidane. Clubs now, to an extent, they are returning back to the narrative on what their what their club stands for, and what better way to convey this message to the the player, upcoming players, and to the fans that they've not left what their club, the integrity of their clubs. What better way? It's to appoint players, legends of those clubs. Lampard, in as much as I know, he didn't win. Any but for his first season, 
in Chelsea, he did well. It's a sad one that he didn't win anything, like, you know, he lost the FA Cup final and all that. But he, they qualified for Champions League football next season. And this remained in the top, the, top, the top three down to the very last day. Since October last year, they didn't sleep. They, kept in a, they, they lost games, yeah. But they won more games than what they lost. Atelta had the same thing. Atelta, in as much as um, Arsenal finished on 8th position, but they'll be playing Europa League competition because they won the FA Cup. And the players now, they want to play for their manager because the manager understands what the club is all about, what their club is all about. They convey that message. They, start, they, they, they serve as kind of um, um, a shorty between the mani management and the players. This is what we want from you. Okay, you are a legend. This is what we want you to do for us. Tell the players that we want to win trophies. We want to ensure that we are one of the the, 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 the one of the tough sides and the most exciting sides in the in in either in the competition or in our league. I believe that is why they appointed Piro to guide the club because those players they look confused, they look lost. To guide the club, they need midfielders and they need to get midfielders. What they have there now, Blaise Matuidi has joined Inter Miami, a club in MLS in the US in the U in US US. It's a club owned by David Beckham. So they are now shot one in that midfield department. And so they will need to get, thank God this is the transfer window, they need to sit down. And those old legs, the likes of Higuain, needs to go. They need to get a world-class striker for them that would partner with Ronaldo. That is if Ronaldo does not, because we heard this rumor that Ronaldo might be leaving, leaving for um, PSG, but to me, I feel it's not necessary. You don't jump from one club to it, it, it. You don't jump from one club to another. At least stay out, see out your contract with this particular one. If it's something you want to extend, fine. If you don't want to extend, then you leave. Going to PSG, PSG has a lot of um, you know star players. Where will you play? Are you going to bench Neymar? Are you going to bench Mbappe? Are you going to bench Icardi? Like who are you benching in the front three there? So I feel it's not realistic. I don't think Juve would want to sell anyway. Juve won't want to sell because of course it's going to be a loss on their own part. It's going to be a loss on their own part. So, congratulations, Andrea Pirro. Congratulations. Now, Real Madrid got knocked out by Man City at the Etihad in the round of 16. Two mistakes by Real Madrid's defender, Varane, cost them that game. The first leg at the Bernabeu. Man City won that game by two goals to one. The second phase, too, the same scoreline happened. Though Benzema was able to pull one back when it was just one goal. A defensive error by Varane, like you had the ball, you instead of why why heading the you just headed this ball out for either a corner kick or a throw in. You're heading the ball to a, a keeper that was very far, and you had a striker breathing down your neck behind you. Of course, the guy would overtake. He's very fast. Gabriel Jesus is a very fast Brazilian striker. He overtook Varane and scored that goal, making it two one. The game ended two one and knocked out. Real Madrid, because the the the, the was two one two. That is four four two. They knocked out Real Madrid. Real Madrid. This is a club that has carried this UCL three consecutive seasons. Last season they were knocked out at the round of sixteen. Sergio Ramos did not because he was suspended. Ajax knocked them out. This season again, Man City knocked them in the round of sixteen. Sergio Ramos did not still play. He was suspended. He was given a straight red card in the in the first leg. So if there's no Sergio Ramos, Real Madrid won't play they play football. They looked scared at the defense. Like Cavaja was scared, Varane was scared, 
Miletio was it's only Mendy, Felan Mendy, the left back that to an extent he played, he played good football. It's a pity, really. Yeah, Real Madrid, they would really, really, really need to address address, you know, whatever it is that is because Sergio Ramos is in his 30s and definitely one day he would retire. So what happens when he retires? You mean you guys they won't be able to play interesting football or something? Marcelo will soon be retiring as well. So what happens when all these guys finally go that you know hangs their boots? What happens? Tony Cruz, there's been a rumor about him leaving for Juventus. I don't know how true that is, but for every transfer update, I would keep you all posted. So Real Madrid got eliminated in that round of 16. They, Man City qualified for the quarterfinals. Man City qualified for the quarterfinals. They'll be playing against Lyon. Lyon knocked out Juventus. So Man City will be playing against Lyon. The quarterfinals will run from the second, 12th rather, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th. That's Wednesday, today. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 12th, 13th, 14th, and 15th. Bayern Munich, we all know, Bayern Munich continue from where they stopped. They, they trashed Chelsea three goals to nil at Stamford Bridge in the first leg. The second leg, they trashed Chelsea four goals to one. So, the game ended 7-1. Yes, so the, we all knew that mm, my, Chelsea should just go and answer their surname, they answer present and come back. There was nothing like... A, a miracle working coming back whatever because man united um bayern munich they were a, they are a handful the lewandowski's genabri mula thomas mula thiago alacantara alfonso davis like they were everywhere kimmich they were everywhere boateng alaba like there was no there was nothing like a comeback for chelsea honestly there was nothing like a comeback for chelsea so Bayern Munich will be facing Barcelona. Barcelona knocked out Napoli in that game. In the, the, their round of 16. They knocked out Napoli. I guess it was 3 goals to 2 or so. They are 4-2. Yeah, 4-2. Messi scored and assisted, you know. And, you know, cost a penalty he was given. I know, but he, he was instrumental for Barcelona. He was instrumental for Barcelona. So Barcelona will be playing against Bayern Munich. Why? Man City will be playing against um they're playing against Lyon. They're playing against Lyon. Like I said, I said the twelve the quarterfinals will be played on the twelfth and on the fifteenth of August. These games will be played in Portugal. Europa League games are playing are being played. Quarter quarterfinals, semi and the finals are being it's been played in Germany. Why? Champions League football is being played. The quarters, semi, and finals will be played in Portugal, Lisbon. So, for the clubs facing each other in the quarterfinals, we have Atlanta. Atlanta, we, we, we play against PSG on Wednesday. That's today. We play against PSG on Wednesday. Mbappe will not be playing that game. He's out injured. But he flew with them. He flew with PSG to... Portugal. I don't know. I don't know. I'd probably he just wants to I don't really I don't I don't think he's strong. He was injured some weeks two weeks back. So I don't know if he's fit. He might come in as a sub. I don't know if he's fit to play that game. Then we have Joseph Illich of Atalanta. The guy I, I, I talked about that had a personal breakdown, family issues and all his wife cheating and stuff like that. It's likely he might not be playing that game. Atlanta. He might not be playing for Atlanta against PSG, but you never can tell what will happen. We don't know what the team news will be like. 
until an hour before the game. So, Atlanta will take on PSG on Wednesday. RB Leipzig will take on Atletico Madrid on Thursday. That's on the 13th. Then, Baka will face Bayern Munich on Friday. And finally, Man City will take on Lyon on Saturday. The winners in these games will play in the semi-finals that is slated for 18th and 19th of August before the finals on the 23rd. Before the finals on the 23rd. So who gets to win this game? I feel Bayern and Man City will play in the finals. I feel Bayern, Man City, it's likely Bayern or Man City, they would get to the finals. They've been, they've been great. They've been great. So kindly state your, um, your journey conversation by stating your predictions in the comment section in this you would see the comment section in this link. Write down your comment. Your comments would read and appreciate. Read and appreciate. Thank you very much. Read and appreciate. So we have. Let me go back again. We have. We have Atlanta versus PSG, the quarterfinal games. Atlanta versus PSG on Wednesday. RB Leipzig versus Atletico Madrid on Thursday. Yes, I remember Atletico Madrid. They they were confirmed that two of their play, two of their, you know, team tested positive for COVID-19. So I don't think they will be playing. Those guys won't be playing. They've been placed on observation and all that, on isolation and observation. We don't know who they are anyway, but two of their, the the team, but I don't know who those players, I don't know if they are players or their medical staff or coaching coaching crew, but two out of the, the camp of Atletico Madrid were tested positive of COVID for COVID-19. So they've been isolated and all. So we have RB Leipzig versus Atletico Madrid on Thursday, Baka versus Bayern Munich on Friday. That game is going to be eh, <laughs> it's going to be very very interesting. The last time Baka played, there was this period Baka played it was seven zero, Bayern scored against Baka. So that game is going to be very very interesting. With Lewandowski, notching more goals. Lewandowski now has thirteen goals. He now has 13, 13 goals in. The ongoing Champions League games. He's the highest goal scorer so far in Champions League. He's the highest goal scorer so far in Champions League. It's a pity there'll be no Ballando because that guy really what he merits a Ballando. He's not he has not stopped scoring. He has a quarter final to score. He has a semi-final that is if they progress and the finals as well. So we have Man City versus Leon. We played finally on Saturday. So your predictions for this. For these um, fixtures, your predictions, what do you think? Who do you think would, you know, make it to the semi-finals of this, the, all this ongoing competition? Then finally, we have um, the transfer updates. Transfer updates. Nathan Ake, the 25-year-old Netherlands defender that used to play for Bournemouth. Bournemouth was, is a club that plays in the EP, that used to play in the EP. What I'm saying used to, because it's past tense, they got relegated. They got relegated down to the um, championship championship side, Ch Sky Bear Championship, they got relegated. They got relegated, and um, barely five. It's not up to. It was not up to two weeks after their relegation um, status was confirmed. Man City paid forty one million pounds for Nathan Ake, and he has been unveiled as a man he went went through went through uh, medicals passed his medicals and he has been unveiled personal terms of course was already agreed and all he was unveiled as a man city defender a few days ago another person that also signed for man city is um ferran torres from valencia he was signed he's a winger 
that used to play for Valencia. He was signed by Man City for £21 million. Then Pedro of Chelsea finally left after a five-year, you know, five his five, after a five-year encounter, five-year journey with Chelsea Football Club. He left for AS Roma and he won a couple of um, silverware with Chelsea and EPL and FA Cup, Capital One Cup and the Europa League trophy with Chelsea. So he has, you know, he has posted, you know, um, goodbye messages and Chelsea has already confirmed that he has left the club. He left the club a very good man. That guy runs like, he runs, I call him a tempo runner. <laughs> he runs and his goals, he scores jaw-dropping goals. He scored jaw-dropping goals for Chelsea. I wish him all the best. I wish him all the best. William. William, another winger that used to play for Chelsea, just recently wrote an open letter and posted it on his um, Twitter account and on his Instagram account, thanking Chelsea for his seven-year, you know, stay with them, his family. They took him as a family, you know, so a whole lot of things. But the issue here is that he's leaving because Chelsea he wanted three more years in his contract. Chelsea said they can give. Well, he's he's thirty something. And it has been a law with Chelsea Football Club. Once you are 30 and your contract runs, you know, runs out, we, they give you a one-year extension. William was given two years. He said no, he needed three. And Chelsea could not, because of just one player, change their stance about a particular, you know, the kind of, um, the do's and don'ts in the club. No. So, Arsenal offered him more, three years, with an option of a, a further one year, making it he's 32, he just clocked 32 on Sunday. And with three more years, that's 35. So a further more, one year, he's going to be 36. I wish him the best. He he went, he passed his medicals with Arsenal. Announcement regarding his unveiling will be it's eminent, like it's something that we announced very, very, they do, it's already a done deal. He's joining Arsenal. He's joining Arsenal because Arsenal offered him more years. And secondly, because he has a booming restaurant in London. He would want to stay close to family. His family, they've all grew. He's twin girls, twin children, ladies, um, girls, daughters rather. They've, they are used to London. So I feel he wants to stay more than just two years. That's one of the family reasons and because of his business going on. That's why he joined. He is joining Arsenal. It's almost a done deal. It's almost a done deal. Now, for United fans, uh, according to Fabrizio Romano, it's one of one of the most reliable pundits, football pundits we have in Europe. Sancho's deal is off. Sancho's deal is off. Sancho, Jordan, Jadon Sancho is a winger that plays for Dortmund. He's an Englishman that plays for Dortmund. And over the past two months now, United has been, you know, There've been a whole lot of news regarding United wanting him, wanting him, and all that. They've gone to ask Dortmund where he plays, the German side where he plays, the BVB side where he plays. How much are you willing to sell? Dortmund said they want 120 million euros. That is 180 million pounds for Jadon Sancho. This is someone they bought three seasons ago for 7.2 million from Man City, and now they want more than 100 percent from a guy they bought for less than 10 million. After three seasons, it's unrealistic, especially in this period. During this period, of you know, 
financial meltdown for everyone. It's nobody's coming to watch football games. You know, most of these clubs they tend to make their money from the number of people that come to watch games in the in the pitch. They all pay. So when you're you're playing on an in an empty stadium, you're losing you're losing much more than you're gaining. Dortmund said they don't care. They gave United an automaton of 10th of August because 10th of August is when their preseason in Switzerland will be, will be starting for Dortmund. That if United does not say anything by before 10th of August, that they'll be giving they would have to do a press release. United didn't say anything. Ed Woodward is not a good negotiator. There are, there are clubs that when you give them a, an automaton such as that, in as much as the um the transfer window would gonna is gonna last for 10 weeks. We've just started just two weeks. We still have like at least two months, eight more weeks for it to, you know, for the transfer window to end. It's, the transfer window will be ending on the on, on on the fifth day in October. So we still have like a month plus or thereabout. Yeah. At least United should have, you know, started up negotiating to see how best they would go about the money. But I I heard so far there was no negotiation in place at all. Around three thirty on Monday on the tenth. There was a press release by the sporting director for Dortmund citing that Jadon Sancho will be a player, will be a Dortmund player by next season. And that's fine now. But you know these people, you know, when it this is I believe they're just trying to put my United in a, in a spot, a position that will make them want to act in time. Will make them want to act in time. It happened during Dembele's time when the same sporting director said they're not selling. I know. Few weeks later, Baka signed him, signed Osman Dembele from Dortmund. The same thing happened with Abu Meyang. The same person director said he's not selling. In gen in a general that was in, in the summer of that 2018, 2017 or thereabout. Yeah. January 2018. They signed him. Arsenal signed Abu Meyang. So this could be a coy sort of like Let's just see what will happen to see if they can put United in a spot in a, in a, you know in a hot in a hot in a hot seat and see their reaction. You know, the football is business. So let's just see if the Glazers and Ed Woodward, the owners of um, Man United, will be able to play ball. But 120 million euros is too much. It's too much. It's too much. They, they should try as much as possible to come to arrive at you know an agreement on how to pay that money. How to pay that? So now we have Kai Havertz with um, Bayer Leverkusen out of the Europa League. I feel Leverkusen's um, management, you know, would be able to sit down with Chelsea and arrive at a conclusion regarding Kai Havertz. Havertz has already signed, has already agreed a five-year contract, personal terms with Chelsea, just for the two clubs to arrive at a conclusion on what would happen. So, as the transfer news keeps coming, we'll keep, keep, keep keeping you updated. Keep keeping you updated. Is Tancho going to finally go to Man United? Harvard's how far is it going to still happen? It will happen, but when is it happening? That's the thing. That's the that's the question. When is it happening? Is it going to happen before weekend? Is it going to happen before weekend? Real, um, Liverpool recently signed um, an option, an option B for Anderson, Robert Anderson. Robertson, rather, Andy Robertson, that they are left back. They signed a second choice left back that would compete for and um, Andy Robertson in Liverpool. The guy he is from Olympiacos, 
Castos. They signed him yesterday. They signed him a few days back. They unveiled him and, you know, on in, in a deal worth 11.7 million pounds. Initially, they were actually going for um, Lewis Jamal. The young man that plays, young Englishman that plays for Dortmund. I mean, that plays for Norwich. Norwich said he's valued 20 million and Liverpool were well, we going for 11, for 10, with 10. They, they rejected Liverpool's offer. And Liverpool had to move to a, a, another option. No time, no time. They moved to another option and got the Greek, the, the, the Greek, the guy from Greek, um, from Greece that plays for Olympiacos. He's, he, well, the guy, 24 year old, he is, he'll be a great addition. I believe so much in Klopp. Klopp is this kind of person that he'll bring a player from an unknown league and make him famous and make that person relevant. Look at the, like, the, the, Andy Robertson was playing for Hull City. They got him for 8 million. And you can imagine now, the value for Robertson has skyrocketed. Like, anyone that wants to buy Andy Robertson now should be coming with millions and millions of pounds. That is how good Klopp is. Klopp transforms a, 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 a player into becoming world class. So, I feel it's a good move, the right move for the former Olympiacos left back. Congratulations. Congratulations. So let's just see how it, you know, how it goes, how transfer, you know, transfer activities keep coming up, keep coming up. Who is going to win the Europa League? Is it going to be Sevilla? Is it going to be Inter Milan? Is it going to be Man United? Because these are the favorites. Shaska next. well, they might try, but the favorites I feel in the Europa are Sevilla, Inter Milan, and um, Man United. For the Champions League spots, I feel Bayern, Man City, they would go far. They would go farther than what than the, the quarterfinals. At the end of by next week, we'll know who finally qualified for the quarter for the semifinals, and would we'll always keep you updated regarding who qualifies. Now, I would want to say this. I don't know how well you tend to listen to Radio Radio. Radio Radio is one of the online radios that is one of the most trending online radios that you really need to listen. It's not easy. It's not a difficult thing to download it on Google Play Store. You download and you, it keeps you company all through the day. Like every day, every moment has has its own has something new for you to learn. Be it the songs that are being played, the programs that are being aired. Like this is something you need to listen every day. As you go around with your phones, you go around with your systems and all, you key in and listen and be blessed. You have a whole lot a whole lot in store for you. Inspirational, you know, a whole lot of programs being dished out 247. Thank you very much for um, listening. Thank you so much. And you could, we have comment sections where you could, you know, state your predictions and what you feel about the games coming up and the games that have been played so far. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. And enjoy the rest of your day. Always remember to stay safe and take responsibility. Thank you. Peace. Bye.